to day 10 of Shaped by the Word. I'm here with Matthew Kresge and Catherine Kresge. Ooh, that's so uh, You know today. them, yeah, it's Katie and Matt. And uh, we are continuing to work our way through the Gospel of Luke. And as, as Luke has arranged his Gospel, it begins with an introduction where he tells us why he's doing what he's doing, because all of these things have been fulfilled among us. And then he sets the groundwork you know, for the ministry of Jesus and John the Baptist. We're introduced first to the ministry of uh, John the Baptist, and we've been introduced this week in reading through the ministry of Jesus in, in the Galilee area as he's preparing to move toward Jerusalem, as he's preparing to move toward the cross. So, as always, when we turn to God's Word, one of the first things we want to do is we want to offer this moment you know, to the Lord and offer ourselves to the Lord. So, Katie, do you mind leading us in prayer? Sure. Father, we do. We offer this time together um, to you. We know that anything good that could come out of it would come directly from you. And so we ask that you would. You would um, bring fruit from our time in your word, that you would change our hearts, that you would make us look more like your son. And, Father, that we would be open to hearing what you have to say to us. Um, you know what our hearts need to hear. So I pray that you would be so gracious and faithful to continue to reveal yourself to us. Um, thank you for your word, and thank you for your presence with us. It's in Christ's name we pray. Amen. Beautiful reminder that uh, God has revealed his heart and character to, to us through his word, and he continues to uh, reveal himself through the Spirit as we read his word. Uh, we start today in Luke chapter 6. Uh, find out today that Jesus is the Lord of the Sabbath. He uh, selects his disciples, and then we begin uh, with uh, Luke's version of the Sermon on the Mount, but this is a sermon on a level place. <laughs> so let's begin in Luke chapter 6, verse 1. One Sabbath, Jesus was going through the grain fields, and his disciples began to pick some heads of grain, rub them in their hands, and eat the kernels. Some of the Pharisees asked, Why are you doing what is unlawful on the Sabbath? Jesus answered them, Have you never read what David did when he and his companions were hungry? He entered the house of God, and taking the consecrated bread, he ate what is lawful only for priests to eat. And he also gave some to his companions. Then Jesus said to them, The Son of Man is the Lord of the Sabbath. On another Sabbath, he went to the synagogue and was teaching, and a man was there whose right hand was withered. The Pharisees and the teachers of the law were looking for a reason to accuse Jesus, so they watched him closely to see if he would heal on the Sabbath. But Jesus knew what they were thinking and said to the man with a shriveled hand, Get up and stand in front of everyone. So he got up and stood there. Then Jesus said to them, I ask you, which is lawful on the Sabbath, to do good or to do evil, to save life or to destroy it? He looked around at them all and then said to the man, Stretch out your hand. He did so, and his hand was completely restored. The Pharisees and the teachers of the law were furious and began to discuss with one another what they might do to Jesus. One of those days, Jesus went up to a mountainside to pray, and he spent the night praying to God. When morning came, he called his disciples to him and chose twelve of them, whom he also designated apostles. Simon, who he named Peter, his brother Andrew, James, John, Philip, Bartholomew, Matthew, Thomas, James, son of Alphaeus, Simon, who was also called the Zealot, Judas, son of James, and Judas Iscariot, who became a traitor. He went uh, down with them and stood on a level place. A large crowd of his disciples was there, and a great number of people from all over Judea, from Jerusalem, and from the coastal region around Tyre and Sidon, who had come to hear him and had been healed of their diseases. 
Those troubled by impure spirits were cured, and people all tried to touch him because power was coming from him and healing them all. Looking at his disciples, he said, Blessed are you who are poor, for yours is the kingdom of God. Blessed are you who are hungry now, for you will be satisfied. Blessed are you who weep now, for you will laugh. Blessed are you when people hate you and when they exclude you and insult you and reject your name as evil because of the Son of Man. Rejoice in that day and weep for joy because great is your reward in heaven, for that is how their ancestors treated the prophets. But woe to you who are rich, for you have already received your comfort. Woe to you who are well fed now, for you will go hungry. Woe to you who laugh now, for you will mourn and weep. Woe to you when everyone speaks well of you, for that is how their ancestors treated the false prophets. So Jesus' first exposition um, here is a kind of hard-hitting. Mm-hmm. Uh, in Matthew, Matthew kind of makes us a little more gentle for us. He spiritualizes it. Blessed are those of you who are poor in spirit, for yours is the kingdom of God. Uh, but uh, Luke gives us a harder-hitting version. Blessed are you who are, are poor. Blessed are you who weep. Blessed are you who are hungry. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then he brings back the woes. Not only are there those who are blessed, but there are those who are outside of God's blessing because mm-hmm. they've looked to themselves rather uh, than looking to God. So it's a rich you know, section all the way through. Mm-hmm. Uh, we, we should start probably at the beginning, though, where Jesus is the Lord of the Sabbath. Mm-hmm. Go for it, Matt. I'm sure you have some thoughts. <laughs> definitely have some thoughts, yeah. <laughs> uh, you know, the, Sabbath, the Sabbath was one of those markers that you know, if you were a faithful Jew, that was going to be that and circumcision really were the kind of the two markers right of like to prove that you're a faithful Jew you you observe these things or you know because you're a faithful Jew you observe these things and you know they, they called Jesus out for and his disciples for not even doing anything that was unlawful but was unlawful according to their traditions and and we know that there was like what 39 about 39 different like working type of classes that would break or defile you know the sabbath and so not just 39 acts but 39 different classes of acts that mm-hmm. if you broke one of those you were guilty of breaking the sabbath and you know so the pharisees see jesus and his disciples doing something that they seem to be unlawful according to their tradition right and what jesus does is pretty remarkable he takes one of their heroes and says he actually did something that was unlawful have you not read that account mm-hmm. you know and and then he goes on to really to i mean point out this incredible identity i am the son of man is the lord of the sabbath and let's not miss you know let's not miss the step that he took in between that you know when he points to david david who was you know a king uh, so no one questioned his authority to go into the temple and do exactly what was unlawful you know he wasn't just you know grabbing a few grains and rubbing them in his hands he actually took the consecrated bread that was reserved only for the priest. Yeah. He, he not only ate it himself, but he freely distributed it you know, to his companions. And uh, Jesus here is you know, taking a, a huge step. He said, one who is greater than David <laughs> is here. Yeah. And what I do on the Sabbath is lawful because I am the Lord of the Sabbath. Mm. And of course, he's using big images yeah. there, the Son of Man, uh, who is the one you know, in the book of Daniel who was seated at the right hand of the Ancient of Days. And so you have this exalted figure, the Son of Man uh, is the Lord of Sabbath mm-hmm. and is the greater David. So it's an incredible section He's continuing, uh, continuing to show his authority, display his authority to those who consider themselves 
holding much authority, right, mm-hmm. according to the law. But it's really not the law that they're holding to here, is it? It's their own kind of traditions that they've created over time. That Because, I mean, according to what I was reading about this, these weren't really the law from God that they were kind of catching him on. They were little traditions, little things that they had kind of come up with in their own religion um, that he was, that he was breaking. Um, but I don't know, you might have yeah. thoughts on yeah. that. Some of the, I mean, some of their traditions were so silly as like you couldn't carry your child, you know, on the Sabbath, you could, if you could sew, mm-hmm. if you sewed, you could only sew one stitch, you mm-hmm. know, stuff like that. That's like, well, you know, it is, it is borderline. Uh, yeah. You know, they are, you know, at the strictest, most legalistic, you know, they are preparing food on the Sabbath. Yeah. yeah. Picking, you know, both harvesting and preparing, you know, by rubbing it in your hands. But that's obviously taking, you know, the Sabbath to a legalistic yeah. link that was, you know, beyond God's intention. Yeah. <coughs> yeah. Excuse me, altogether, <laughs> which is a <coughs> kind of interesting. Yeah. I was, as we were that. reading, I was picturing and at the risk of, thinking too much into this i'm just picturing the apostles you know rubbing it and blowing the chaff right they would have to blow the chaff and it just reminded me of the chaff that's that's spoken about in psalm one where it's the wicked are like chaff and it's almost like i have this picture in my mind like these pharisees are trying to catch them in their sin and really the pharisees are like the chaff that are being blown away you know they're just holding on to their own righteousness just like katie to take yeah. us back to the psalms uh, <laughs> in order to inter- <laughs> the psalms. but it, it is beautiful yeah, yeah that is a you know that is a beautiful well, that, i mean Im- that's image this second part you know this second or part of the sabbath image. on another sabbath he went into the synagogue and you get this you know the pharisees and i love the nfv translates this so well they watched him so closely you know, to see if he would heal on the Sabbath. Yeah. The only reason they were watching him that closely is to catch him in doing, you know, doing something that they considered unlawful. Mm-hmm. And they missed the, they missed the whole point. I mean, Jesus shows up and there's a man with a shriveled hand and you see the compassion and the mercy and the grace of Jesus as he sees this man. And the, the Pharisees just see this man as someone to be used to catch Jesus, mm-hmm. you know? And, and so you just kind of see the portrait right here of the religious leaders and you know how they're going to act and function and then the one who is who has brought the kingdom who has come to proclaim good news to the yeah. poor you and, know, and that's how and of course what we read a couple of, you know a couple of days ago uh when we were together that uh, the people were amazed because his words were so gracious and you have just the opposite of that in the pharisees these are yeah. words are condemning they're mm-hmm. harsh they're there to set a trap they're not anywhere near the heart of God they're just kind of built into their traditions and stuck in their traditions and as far from God as they could possibly be and so we ask him a good question you know what is a Sabbath for is it to do evil yeah. you know who's doing evil you know on this day back to uh, your your chaff image from yeah. Psalms you know, is it to do evil and uh, that's certainly their intent to do evil to trap him and to you know condemn a man yeah. you know to not being healed or to do good and this is what God is about, and this is what His kingdom is about, you know, in doing good. And then, of course, we you know move from there to the you know the selection of the disciples. Always interesting, and Luke will highlight this, you know, for us on a number of occasions. The prayer life of Jesus, right. which is amazing, mm-hmm. you know, that uh, if anyone could operate without you know prayer, you would think it would be the Son of Man, who is <laughs> yeah. the Lord of Sabbath, who is the Greater David. And yet he shows us remarkable dependency on God, which is a huge challenge to us. Yeah. Absolutely. And uh, before, you know, just kind of making a, you know, a gut decision or a wisdom decision, he wants to make a 
godly decision, so he takes it before the yeah. you know, before the Lord, and he names you know out of a number of followers, you know, he, he picks twelve to be close to him, and and there's certainly some significance in, in the number, in the number twelve. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, there were twelve tribes of Israel, and so this is Israel being reconstituted under the authority of of the king. Yeah, and isn't it interesting that he spends all night praying and then he he picks Judas. Mm-hmm. It's, it's always fascinating to me. I, I think he, even at that point, knew as he's wrestling in prayer with the Father and, you know, and spend the night with him, he, he knows that what comes next is going to be picking Judas, the one who will betray him. And Luke gives us that note, you know, who became a traitor. Yeah, mm-hmm. a little bitter there, uh, you know, on the part of Luke because <laughs> he's, he's yeah. recalling, you know, recalling this moment. But it also is a reminder to us, you know, that... Uh, and because we pray and because we're walking in God's will does not mean that everything will go exactly the way that we want it to. Sure. But we do have confidence because it is going exactly the way God has mm-hmm. ordained it to go. And so Judas was a very necessary yeah. you know, part, part of that, even though it's hard for us to read and hard for Luke to write yeah. and when you come to this. And then we come to you know, what we began with. We were talking about you know, uh, about the blessings and the woes, which is classic, you know, again of Deuteronomy, because uh, before the nation moved into the promised land, uh, you know, they remember that there were a number of things, you know, that God would punish them for, and a number of things that God would bless them for. And so, some of the people stood on one mountain, and the other people stood on the other mountain, and some of them, you know, called out all of the blessings, and some called out all of the curses. And so, these are things, you know, that are both pleasing to God on the one hand. Uh, you know the things you know, people that you know God blesses, and uh, those that uh, uh, you know that uh, are displeasing to God. On the other hand, mm. so the poor who look to God, the hungry who are looking to God, those who who mourn, you know, will find comfort. And He also tells us that you're you're not going to be popular, you know, following you know, following mm. me. Prophets weren't popular, and of course Jesus Himself ended up being crucified uh, on a cross. And so he says, rejoice at your you know, persecution. But then the, you know, the woes are kind of hard-hitting. Yeah. Woe to you who are rich, for you've already received your comfort, and your life revolves around your comfort. And one more addition to all the great toys and the great comforts that you have. Woe to you who are well-fed, because there are people around you who are, who are hungry. Woe to you who laugh now, because there's people around you who are suffering. Uh, woe to everyone who speaks well of you, for that's how... Their ancestors treated the false prophets. So you have the idolatries of our age, our our comfort, our wealth, our popularity, uh, you know, our, our levity, you know, enjoying these moments. And Jesus said, none of these, you know, none of these are the heart of the kingdom. Mm-hmm. Yeah, roles will be reversed yeah. in other ways. And uh, this is, you know, uh, Luke is going to emphasize a social aspect. And it's going to be hard for us to read mm-hmm. because most of us are well-off suburbanites and we 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 think a lot about our wealth we think a lot about our comfort we we think a lot about our meals which are almost yeah. all feasts you know and uh we, we love laughter and not you know serious mourning about the world around us and uh, loss around us and and, and we we want to be popular we want to be well-liked uh, we don't necessarily want to be people who, who stand you know, for righteousness. So Luke is one of the most convicting gospels for uh, wealthy suburbanites. So he will challenge our idolatries mm. uh, as we continue uh, to read. 
Father, thank you for who you are. It's hard for us to read the, the, our, our wealth and our comfort and uh, our festivities and our laughter uh, and our, our desire to be liked or, or things that are contrary to your kingdom. Mm-hmm. May you help us as we read Luke to be formed and, and shaped by your word so that we have a heart uh, after your own heart. It's in your holy name we pray. Amen. Mm-hmm.